0: Hey guys, it's Megan. What's going on? I just wanted to give you a heads up that today we are going to be studying chapter 14 of the gospel of Mark. Holy cow. Did you ever dream we would make it to chapter 14? Um, Anywho, we actually had to break this chapter in half because there's like 70-ish verses, and that's a whole lot, and I did not want to overwhelm you in our small little podcast. So I'm breaking it up, and then um, we'll just go from there. So are you guys ready to dive in to Mark chapter 14? You are listening to Bold Is, a ministry podcast training women how to handle the Word of God. Buckle up, sis. Yes. It's about to get real. Here's your host, Megan Rowling All right, perfect. So how we do this is we start with scripture and we read it and then when we think there's something important where we want to inform you on, we just stop and we explain it. So I'm super excited to dive in. Let's go ahead and start with Mark chapter 14, verse 1. I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version, also known as the ESV. So if you want to follow along, that's the version to do it with. Alrighty, here we go. It was now two days before the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to arrest him, meaning Jesus, by stealth and kill him. For they said, Not during the feast, let there be an uproar from lest there be an uproar from the people. Passover was the uh, culmination of the week-long Festival of Unleavened Bread, and the festival reenacted and celebrated Israel's liberation from slavery, okay? So at the end of the week, a lamb without blemish would be sacrificed and then eaten together by families. Meanwhile, the Jewish religious leaders are plotting to kill Jesus because he had dared to question their teachings and authorities. I mean, God forbid. The straw that broke the camel's back was Jesus' attack on the temple. And we talked about that in Mark chapter 11, verse 18. But when, what I want you to see for now is that the plot to kill Jesus takes place with the backdrop of the Passover and the slaughtered lamb and then the exodus from slavery. Can you guess what this is all pointing to? Let's move on to verse 3. And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at a table, a woman came from an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. There was some who said to themselves indign- indignantly, Why was this ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than three hundred denarii and given to the poor. And they scolded her, but Jesus said, Leave her alone." This woman's faithful, compassionate sacrifice is contrasted with the secret plots of the Jewish religious leaders and then the betrayal of Judas. Scholars believe that Simon the leper was a former leper. Otherwise, under Jewish law, he probably would not be hosting a party during Passover week. And the woman is Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. The bottle of ointment was very expensive, worth a year's worth of average wages, and was probably a family heirloom now. When I say a year's worth of average wages, like, think of today, um, think of what you make in a year, and then perfume that costs that. Like, holy cow. (laughs) Then she breaks the bottle, and it is in, to show that it all belongs to Jesus. Mary gives the sacrificial gift to Jesus out of love and gratitude. Our good works should be inspired by the same It was taboo for a woman to interrupt a meal unless they were serving food, but as we have seen, Jesus cares little for the traditions of humankind. Mary's one of worship, love, and gratitude should have been everyone's response to Jesus, but even some of the disciples scold Mary for her extravagant gift. But Jesus quiets them. He's not against giving to the poor, but unlike the disciples, and us, Jesus can see the true motives behind a person's actions. In his commentary, James Edwards writes, in Jesus' sight, an act has value according to its motives and intent, and that, not its material value, is what makes it serviceable in the kingdom of God. When one act, thus, no gift, not even a mere lepta, and meaningless and no gift, even a year's salary is wasted. Because Mary had a pure motive in her gift to Jesus, she is remembered today and forever. Verse 10. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money, and he sought an opportunity to betray him. Mark often places the key to understanding what he was preaching by sandwiching it between two related scenes. Here it is, the anointing of Jesus, that help us better comprehend what is going on. In contrast to Mary, Judas betrays Jesus. Why? We're not really told. It could be purely out of greed, or Judas may have thought he could force Jesus to take revolutionary action. His betrayal plays into the plan of God, but the Bible clearly condemns Judas, again, probably for his motives. So let's move on to verse 12. And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into this city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. And whenever he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room? Where I might eat the Passover with my disciples. And we will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. There, prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it, just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. Just as Jesus instructs the disciples to find the donkey that he rode into Jerusalem, he now tells his disciples how to procure the room for, his, for their last supper. This scene shows that Christ is in control of his own suffering and sacrifice. Verse 17. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve. And as they were reclining at the table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me and one who is eating with me. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to all them, and they drank all of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Returning to James Edwards' commentary on Mark, he wrote, At Bethany, the woman anoints Jesus' body for burial. At the Last Supper, Jesus gives his body for sinners. It is during the Passover meal, which Jews saw as holy, that Jesus interprets the proceedings to announce the betrayal by one of his own. His traitor is Judas, but he is only the first for before long all the disciples will abandon Christ. Yet, despite knowing this, he gives himself symbolically to the disciples and institutes the Lord's Supper or communion. As scholar James Edwards notes, the all echoes throughout the remainder of the chapter, recalling both the grace of Jesus and the failure of the disciples. They all drink, verse 23. They all swear allegiance to Jesus, verse 31. But they all fall away, verse 27. And they all fled, verse 50. The original Last Supper is attended by traitors, verse 18, and cowards, verse 50. It's a table not of merit, but of grace, verse 26. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives, and Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. The Greek translated fall away means that it is not a willful, premeditated rebellion, but one of giving in to temptation. To quote Dr. Edwards one more time, Jesus warns the disciples to guard against the kind of sinfulness of which most of us are most guilty, sins of weakness, rather than sins of intention. We do not plan on sinning, but neither do we hold the fort when we ought to. Yet, despite their forthcoming betrayal that Jesus can foresee, his merciful promises His merciful promises them that He will rise and meet them again in Galilee. The disciples should respond with humility and gratitude, but their egos won't let them. Ladies, we need to have pure motives when we come to Christ in service or during communion. How? Through love and gratitude for our Lord, who, just as He promised the disciples, will meet us after the resurrection. All, all those who have faith will join Him at the table. We're going to finish up chapter 14 next week. But until then, make sure you check out our column in the Christian Standard. We are super excited. We signed a contract with them and we have been the columnist now. January was our first and... um, they are monthly it's a free subscription online make sure you check it out we are so excited to be partnering with them and then you can check us out on social media we are on facebook instagram and twitter at tbm underscore ministry and then of course we have our merchandise for sale on our website at www.theboldmovement.com Please subscribe, rate, and review so that way it's easier to find our podcast um, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, um, Google Play, and then again, you can listen to our podcast on our website. One last thing, become a Patreon supporter to help us out. There are some perks that you do not want to miss out on. Um, We're super, super excited about the different levels. Anywhere from a dollar a month to $25 a month, any little bit helps. Um, We are just so excited to be partnering with others uh, in this ministry to teach and train women. So until next time, ladies, remember, go out and be bold.